Good morning. morning. It is good to have this number out with us for our first half of our worship service. And uh, Daniel read something significant. It's it's, uh, John chapter 15. I enjoy reading from John chapter 15. I also like preaching a message from John chapter 15. But I feel like I've run that through the mud. I feel like I've I've run it completely flat, but hey, we learn. I learn every single time I, I study from John chapter 15. Of course, uh, new thoughts intercede, and, uh, I'm, and I'm reinvigorated, if you will, to, to really get out there and, and abide in God's love. That is to obey Christ's commands. Christ did something very significant, which he does say this in John chapter 15, that he abides in his Father's love. He continues to do that today, by the way, even after uh, enduring the grave, being resurrected, and to this day abiding with the Father in heaven, of course, at his right hand, waiting to turn the keys over to the kingdom to the Father. But that kingdom is still in Christ's hands, and we have to do something in our everyday walk of life until that day happens, that is judgment day. We have to overcome sin. We have to overcome temptation. No better example than we have been given than our Lord and Savior. As he is tempted of the devil. And we're going to study that this morning in Matthew chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, be opening up there with the Matthew chapter 4. And of course, this is Matthew's account of Jesus telling Satan, get behind me. In other words, I want nothing to do with you. That's some encouraging words right there. And I wish the entire world would do this. To give, have nothing to do with the devil. Tell him, I want nothing to do with you. I'm going to have my focus on God. And I, I pricked the hearts. I think it was on a Wednesday night. And I asked folks to think of a place where everybody is obedient to God. Where everyone follows God's commands. We wouldn't have any need for any police department. We wouldn't, have any, we wouldn't need to have any place for prisons. No correctional facilities. Those type of, those type of facilities are... are or establishments, we would not need them. You wouldn't need locks on your doors. You wouldn't need those things. Why? Because everybody's faithful. Isn't that wonderful? To have that thought that that place exists. Folks, that place does exist. It's been promised of God that that place exists. And if you've painted that picture, I hope it's heaven. Because heaven is that place that exists where everybody's faithful to God. Christ understood that as he has this interaction with the devil. Of course, he is at a lowly and weak state in his life. As he's been fasting for this period of time, we're going to see that. As he's fasting for this period of time and he is weak, Satan comes to him at the weakest point. Folks, same goes for you and I today. At our weak state in our life, that's when Satan tries to get in. In our lowly part, when, we're, when our faith is, 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 in a, is, is at an all-time low or just hanging down just a little bit, Satan intercedes. Christ tells him to do one thing. He tells him, get out. He uses scripture to combat him. We're going to see all three classifications that we are tempted. Our Lord and Savior was tempted. But he didn't succumb. He abided in his Father's love just as Brother Daniel read this morning from the scriptures. So as we opened up to Matthew chapter 4, begin reading with me in the first verse. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Here we go. Verse 1 is a lesson in and of itself. 
So Jesus was led up by the Spirit. That is, the Holy Spirit led Jesus up into the wilderness to be tempted by or of the devil. Huh. This is the Son of God. Why did he need to be tempted? Because he is our example. Christ came to this earth, <coughs> took on flesh to condemn sin in the flesh, to say, that is to say, we can abide in God's love. Well, of course I abide in God's love. Are you really? A lot of folks say, well, of course God loves me. Of course I'm loving God. Are you really? We read the scriptures this morning. It tells us whether or not we are. John chapter 15. We might need to go visit that verse and look at it very carefully, especially around verse 9. <coughs> to abide in God's love or Christ's love is to keep his commands. God tells us that we cannot sin. That is, to have the mindset of sin, be out there in the world behaving as the world, to have that carnal mind. And as the scriptures continue to tell us, and also Romans chapter 8, we need a couple of those things together. But you see Jesus letting up by the Spirit. God led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. It had to happen. It had to happen. And previous to this, Jesus Christ was baptized of John the Baptist. Remember that, remember that situation? It's right there previous to this. John, John the Baptist says, wait a minute, I need to be baptized of you first. That's what he told Jesus. And Jesus said, allow it to be so, so that you and I, so that we can fulfill all righteousness. That was Christ, one of his jobs, to fulfill all righteousness, to do the things God commanded him to do. In which he did. So here we see him doing that very same thing. Doing the things God commanded him to do. And in verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. I would think so. If anybody knows me very well, they know I get hungry all the time. Melissa's over shaking her head. He sure does. I think we eventually run out of groceries. When we, when we went on a little trip to, to Mississippi, that was the long weekend, them folks was amazed that, where are you putting all that? I just have a high metabolism. I burn it up. They was, they was astonished at how much I could eat. I couldn't imagine going a whole day of not eating, much less 40 days and 40 nights. Ooh, I'd be perishing. I'd be skin and bones. Just hungry. Do you think Jesus was hungry? Oh, most assuredly. Let each and one of us go one day without eating anything. How hungry are you going to be when you go to bed? Your brother's going to be grumbling, man, I'm hungry. A friend of ours would say, I'm starving to death. Forty days and forty nights, he fasted, and he was hungry. Now when the tempter came, this is the devil. Keep in mind, don't be misunderstood. Don't misunderstand. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if... You are the Son of God. Command that these stones become bread. Now, wait a minute. Stop right there for just a second. Do you think Satan already knew that he was the Son of God? Most assuredly, he already knew. Because Jesus was there when Satan was created. When all of the angels was created. When all the creation was created. It was made through the Son. That being Jesus Christ. He knew that he was the Son of God. But keep in mind, he's, he's picking at it. He's prodding at it. If you are the Son of God, command that these stones be turned to bread. Now keep in mind, he's hungry. 
40 days and 40 nights of not eating anything. But Jesus said something significant. He said something wonderful. And it applies to you and I today. But as Satan said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. He says this in verse 4. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How shall we live today? By bread alone. Again, I wish the world would hear this. A child of God is going to know. We have everlasting life or achieve everlasting life by faithful observance to God's word. Man shall not live by bread alone. Christ was weak in a lowly state. He was hungry, but yet still he was thinking about his heavenly father. Could you and I do that? Could you and I tell Satan, I don't care about that bread. I care about the word of God. And that's how we are, that's we are to live. But that's what our Lord and Savior told Satan. The tempter, of course, being Satan. It is written, man shall, live, shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And in verse 5, <coughs> Then the devil took him up into, a holy, into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. That pinnacle is the highest part. And said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Oh, Satan says, okay, you can give me scripture, I can give it right back to you. He uses it out of context. Now we need to be very careful with this, and we need to take notice who is using the scripture out of context. It is the tempter. It is Satan, the adversary of God. Now as people, as God's creation, even as his children, we cannot use scripture out of context. We can't twist it. We can't force it to make something that it does not mean is exactly what Satan just did. It's exactly what he did. And folks do that to this day. We need to be very careful with the misuse of the scriptures. We need to get its full meaning. In the absence of its full meaning, it becomes a lie. Can a lie save us? Most assuredly not. It cannot, nor will it ever save us a lie. Christ says you shall know the truth. The truth is God's word. So whenever we have an understanding of God's word and applying it to our life, producing that fruit in John chapter 15 that we read, in the absence of that fruit, what does it say? Gathered together to be burned as the branches. Christ understood that. Satan still tried to Tempting. Well, he did tempt him. He's trying to get him to succumb to that temptation. Throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Verse 7, this is Christ's response. Jesus said to him, It is written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Ouch. How often do we tempt God today? How often does the world tempt God today? Case in point. Remission of sin. 
comes through baptism. That's the reason why we're immersed in the first place is for the remission of sins. Is that a permission to go out in the world and sin? Is that a permission to go out there and says, well, I can get forgiveness from it so I can go out and live in sin. That is not what that says. It says when you have sin, when you realize your sin, you're going to get forgiveness from it through your forgive through your forgiveness acts of confession through your acts of repentance and your act of prayer and of course if it's done publicly isn't that command has to be done that repentance has to be done in a public manner for those who are aware of it so we think about that forgiveness of sin here's my example i'm a this is my example now don't get me wrong this is an example say i'm a thief and I am an immersed, baptized, New Testament Christian. Does that give me the authority to go out there and continue stealing and then get forgiveness of it? That is not exactly what that means. Not. What that says is, look at the word repentance. It means to stop, turn around, go the opposite direction. And if that's the sin that I'm getting immersed for is just that stealing, I can steal no more. That's what the scriptures tell us. Let him steal no more. Does that mean I'm going to be perfect though? That's not what that says. 1 John 1 and 7, as we recur often, 1 John 1 and 7 teaches that the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin as we are unknown of it or aware of it and get forgiveness through repentance, through confession, through prayer. But the awareness of it, there you go. Here's Christ's awareness of not sinning or tempting the Lord our God. It says the scriptures tell us we do not need to do those things. You cannot, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So let's not tempt God by our unfaithful acts or our known sinful walks. And in verse 8, <clears throat> Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you shall fall down and worship me. What a funny statement. I say funny because is it God's, is it, excuse me, is it Satan's to give away? It don't belong to Satan, does it? It belongs to God. All these things I will give you. Those they were already his. That's why I say, what a funny statement. <clears throat> Keep in mind, Jesus having the mind of God and still being tempted of Satan, God's adversary, he says something significant. Verse 10. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. What does he say? And he said to him, All of these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. That's Satan, folks. That's the devil. You ever heard the term a devil worshiper? You ever heard that term before? I have. I hope you have as well. When we picture a devil worshiper, what do we picture? Someone with that satanic thing on their, on their wall or they're falling down on an altar with this satanic whatever. Huh. A devil worshiper, someone outside of the relationship with God. Someone not abiding in his commands. 
excuse me, abiding in His love, following His commands. That's what a devil worshiper is. We worship something that we put before us. What are we putting before us today? Is it God? Or is it not? Because if it's not God, guess who we're worshiping? Jesus told the Jews something that applies to this lesson. He asked them something of, who is your father? Well, their first answer was, of course, Abraham. Abraham's our father. No, 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 no. Jesus said, well, if Abraham were your father, you would be doing the works of Abraham, which they were not. Then they said, well, we, of course, we weren't born of fornication. God is our father. Oh, okay, if, if God was your father, you would have loved me. And they were not loving Christ. Now, were they? They were not. They were rejecting him. They were rebuking him. They were not adhering to who he was. He told them plainly, you are of your father, the devil. Ooh. Ouch. Christ also says that if you're not with me, you're against me. Are we with Christ today? I seriously hope so. Because if we're not with Christ, we're with Satan. We're with the tempter. We have succumbed to temptation. We have cast our backs to God and Christ, just like those did in John 6 and verse 66. Walk with him no more. That's sad. That is sad. We talk about salvation as a child of God. We keep it fresh into our minds. Or we should. We keep the things that we do in our everyday walks of life fresh into our minds. Or we should. Have we set our minds on heaven? Because Christ knew as if, if he had succumbed to any one of those three classifications, any one, any one, you and I would be lost. He couldn't have been that perfect example of a life to follow. He couldn't be that spot-free sacrifice or that spot-free lamb as Revelation talks about, that example as him being that lamb without spot, that sacrifice upon that cross, shedding that blood, that guiltless blood, so that we may have, or so that we may be without sin on that day of judgment. When I say without sin, I mean justification. Paul likes to talk about justification in Romans. I like to study about justification because we all need it. With the absence of justification, we will be lost. <clears throat> because if you notice Romans 3 and verse 23, the scriptures tell us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You and I included. Christ did not succumb to Satan. He, he told him, get behind me. Away from me. Get away from me, Satan. Are we telling Satan that? Or are we walking hand in hand with him? That's a question we need to ask ourselves. Because as we walk hand in hand with Satan, we are not walking with God. In the absence of walking with God, you will hear those horrible words, just like Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, that says, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Notice what he said. Are we doing the will of God? Christ did. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew's account of Satan being tempted. And of course, Jesus Christ, not succumbing.
And then notice in verse 11. At the end of this, at the end of this account. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Now that's a wonderful example for us. Christ didn't succumb to sin. He did not succumb to the tempter or the devil or the serpent, whoever you want to call him. It's all the same being. The one who wants souls with him because misery loves company. Satan is doomed to spend an eternity in that lake of fire. And he wants to bring you with him. Is he bringing you with him right now as you're listening to this message? As you're studying this, this short passage of the scripture to realize that you have succumbed to sin and you're walking hand in hand with the devil. You've turned your back on God and you need his forgiveness. That forgiveness only comes through the blood of Christ, which we get forgiveness, which we get justification. So as the devil left him, because Christ drew near to God, the scriptures also tell us if we draw near to God, the, the, the Satan, the devil, he flees from us. He, we defeat him. We defeat the adversary of God when we draw near to God. Who are we drawing near to? Who are we getting closer to through our Bible studies, through our faithful observance to his word? Are we finding out what's acceptable to him? That is another command for us to do. So turn over with me to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. Starting in verse 34. Mark chapter 8 verse 34. When he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, couple this to, to what we just learned and what we just studied about Christ being hungry 40 days and 40 nights. He was starving to death, if you will. Satan came in that weakest point and he tempted, the, the, tempted our Lord and Savior. And he did not succumb. He said, my heart is with God. That's where my command, that's where my command, my commission lays. And I'm going to follow him and him only. Let whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. What are we doing today? Are we following Christ? We, we have his examples right there in Matthew chapter 4. Are we following those examples to tell Satan we want nothing to do with him? Or are we not denying ourselves? Are we fulfilling the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life? All three classifications that we are tempted of, are we succumbed to those things? If you have done so, notice something very carefully. Verse 35, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will lose save it. For what will profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Satan tried to swap Christ's soul for rocks. For rocks. Yeah, he said, command these stones to become bread. But they were rocks. Compared to eternity, 
the things that we give for our soul in this world is rocks. You ever thought about that? It's just rocks. Our jobs, our money, our happiness, if you will. Folks, it's fun being a child of God. It is. It's enjoyable. It's nice having to be able to lay your head on your pillow and just have peace. It's nice to know that you've got salvation waiting for you with a, with a lifetime of servitude to God. It's nice to know those things. What's that rock going to get you? Or what will a man exchange for his own soul? A rock. A rock. And in verse 38 of Mark chapter 8. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. To be ashamed. Many of us have been ashamed before. The things that we do, this displeasing to God. When we were growing up, we was ashamed of many things in our lives. This is an everlasting shame. So if Christ was to be face to face with you right now, would he be, would he be ashamed of you? If you're telling Satan, get behind me, away from me, get away from here, I want nothing to do with you, folks, Jesus Christ is not ashamed of you. The angels in, in heaven themselves are smiling and rejoicing when one sinner repents. Does that repentance need to happen this morning? Well, most assuredly, because we all fall short of, of, of the glory of God daily. That sin needs to be forgiven. Or the sins in our life need forgiveness. Wow, what a horrible word. We need to be forgiven of our sins because on judgment day, it's too late. Let's make sure we get that forgiveness today so we're not ashamed of Jesus Christ. Where he can say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been a master, you've been faithful over a few, I will make you a master over many. Ain't that a whole lot better than depart from me, you workers of iniquity? that we find in Matthew chapter 7. I want to encourage something this morning. If you find yourself succumbed to the sins of Satan or the temptations of Satan, you're abiding in sin, have nothing to do with it. Abide in the Father's love. Turn away from those sins. Get forgiveness of them. If baptism needs to happen, that being said, do you need to be immersed for the remission of sins? If you're hearing this and need to become a child of God, wait no longer because Christ may be coming right now. Were you ready? If you weren't, you're going to hear those horrible words. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Do you need to get ready this morning? Or as you are hearing this message, do you need to get ready? If you have taken a short walk with Satan, if you have succumbed to those temptations as our Lord and Savior was able to say, No, I want nothing to do with those things, for they are displeasing in my Father's name. Do you need to get forgiveness of those this morning? Why wait? Why wait? Has been to have an opportunity this morning. Why don't we do so as we stand and as we sing a song of invitation.